Welcome to the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your strategic HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Okay, let's get started. All right, welcome everybody to the FutureSolve podcast. Today we have an exciting guest, one that I work with on a day-to-day basis. And we have Ken Kerrig, the founder of FutureSolve, but Ken has also been CHRO and top HR positions at multiple companies like Truist Bank, Cisco Foods, and many more. But without further ado, I wanted to first welcome Ken and then have Ken also give us a little background and snapshot about his background and what he's been doing so far. Welcome, Ken. Hey, Andy. Good to see you again. Yeah. Well, Ken, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about your background, how you pursued the HR career, and what you've done in the past before actually founding and starting FutureSolve? Sounds great. I'll do my best. So, you know, looking back, probably seems almost 100 years ago now, I was kind of one of the trendsetters in that, you know, I took a gap couple of years after high school, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And so I ended up going to some various places and working in some locations. One was in a factory and the other was in a landscaping job. And as part of doing that, I was really surprised how little supervisors knew how to lead people and work with people and motivate people and just kind of watching the people I worked with and experiencing myself. And so it helped me, you know, at a pretty young age, decide what I wanted to do. And so kind of went into the area of business leadership and then eventually more specifically into human resources when I went to the Cornell University's School of Industrial and Labor Relations. And so from there, I'll fast forward, you know, a lot of different companies and a lot of different roles. And what I found in my career was a couple of things is, you know, you can build a profitable business and create a positive work environment and build a path for people to grow in that organization concurrently at the same time. And so I've always tried to do that. And I probably look at my roles that I enjoyed most. One was in a turnaround role where a company was really struggling. And what could we go in to do to kind of fix the company, not only for the short term, but really put it on a path forward to sustain going forward. And then the other role was with Cisco Foods, where I had a broad scope role, not only leading the human resources department, but also was leading strategy, leading the legal department, and even parts of operations. And so in that is where I really learned Cisco is a company that provides services and food products and paper products, if you will, to the restaurant business universities, anything where food served around the globe. And so I was able to really work with a lot of entrepreneurs in helping them start their business and grow their business, which kind of comes into a later on, you know, what we're doing today together with 
future solve in helping mid-cap businesses. But always enjoyed that part of my career is kind of being part of the business, creating an environment. The nice thing about work, if you will, is unlike the society or world at large, you can really create an environment at work that people can be and should be treated with dignity and respect, can grow and pursue their careers. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed doing. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And Ken, so you mentioned a little bit about what you're passionate about today. And I know you're a thought leader in this space and you have a lot of insights into some of the things that HR, senior HR and business leaders are struggling with today that are happening in our world. How about we talk about the trends and what you're seeing and what you're hearing about the market? You know, I'd love to get your insight and your feedback and give our listeners a little bit about what they can be prepared for, what they can actually, you know, start to think about as they're, you know, looking at HR from a strategic point of view. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really exciting time to be a business leader. I also think it's probably one of the most challenging times in history. If you think about what's facing HR leaders and business leaders, you have a global supply chain that's constrained. You have a world that's still working its way through the COVID pandemic. You have political unrest in many places, a very dynamic, volatile environment, and inflation economic challenges, not only in the U.S., but you're seeing a lot of inflation challenges in Asia and Europe as well. And so I think those are real interesting, obviously, and tough challenges for business leaders. And then you have the scarcity of talent. So if I look at all those factors, you know, if I were in the corporate business leader role today, I think it goes to how do you engage your workforce, inspire them, and keep them skilled to meet the demands of the current and future state of what customers and the organization needs. And I look at what leaders should be focused on is how do you create sense of purpose in the organization and you have to find a way to effectively create a flexible work environment. And so if I look at those two drivers of business performance, which allows you to attract talent, retain talent, and build talent, then I think you want to have leadership effectiveness. And with leadership effectiveness, not only at your most senior CEO in the C-suite, but all the way through the organization, it's very important that frontline leaders are able to handle the dynamics at work, the challenges that their workers are facing, and what they can do there. So that kind of hits the purpose and the flexibility side. And then the other is on the scarcity of talent. Job number one is treat people that you have well and retain the people you have and continue to develop them. And then job number two is you have to find creative ways to attract talent, provide access to those individuals that you want to bring into the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And those are definitely very strong areas that we're seeing today. So a lot of the business leaders may say, we're hearing a lot about that and we're reading about it, but what's a great way for me to start? Like if I wanted to say that is something I want to make sure my environment is supporting and the employees are getting what they need for that growth and for that performance efficiencies. 
what's a great way to start? Is it understanding and finding gaps? Is it interviewing people? I mean, where do people start to actually even find out what's the first thing they can start doing in their current workplace? Yeah, I think great question. And, you know, no simple answer. I try to encourage leaders to start with some type of an assessment. And I think as multi-dimension and as simple as it can be, the better. For example, I think you really want to look at your data. Technology and systems allow you to have a pretty good read as to, you know, what the EKG of the workplace is and what's happening and what's working well and what where their challenges are. So the data is one place. And then I think a creative way to find out what's in the minds and hearts of your employees, a lot of different kinds of engagement and survey tools that are out there. And then I think taking the time to do some interviews and outreach to people using either a chat system or some kind of social media system to kind of create two-way communication with individuals in the organization, you know, frontline teammates, et cetera. So I think getting that assessment of what's happening, why it's happening, and where people want to go and where the organization needs to go. And then I typically start with, from there, what can I design? You know, is my organization design structured right? Am I too hierarchical, too bureaucratic? Are we flat enough where we need to be? I'll borrow a line of, you know, our colleagues' favorite comment of DSB. Find a way to do simple better. And I think you start there with the design. And if you create a simple design that's focused on the customer business needs and employees' needs, you can then kind of take what you've learned in your assessment and create a real dynamic and sustained work environment that creates high performance. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, a lot of times when you're starting to make change, you may hit some roadblocks with executives or different teams or all of that. Any suggestions on how to navigate that? Is there a certain way to position it or a certain way for HR individuals to have a a stronger seat at the table? Because I think a lot of times we're focused on that in our podcast is how to really HR become more strategic and have a seat at the table where they're bringing true value to the business. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I've observed that HR leaders struggle with is they go to the table too often thinking they have the solution. And I think you want to go to the table with really good questions. What's important to the CEO? What's important to the CFO? What's important to the chief operating officer? You know, if there is one there, et cetera, and really find out from a governance standpoint, what in their minds are critical things to do? Once you have that, then you can start to work through and say, okay, how can I help us deliver on those solutions based upon the organization's needs from their perspective, in addition to my perspective. So the first thing I would share, Andy, with a leader is find really good questions to ask and follow up on those. Don't be too enamored with having the most brilliant solution because quite honestly, a lot of times the C-suite Leaders aren't quite ready for that yet. You know, let them come to it and then help them find a solution. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's great advice. And since you've been in that role and you have done that, I think it'll be really helpful for people to take that as a way to approach C-suite teams because it's really a collaborative environment up there. And they don't really like when somebody comes with an idea and says, this is it because (laughs) they want to be part of it. 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ken, you know, what does the future of work hold? Where do you see it going from here? You talked about the trends, but what's up and coming that I think a lot of trends are happening in the future of work? Well, first on the future of work, you know, I wish I could have the perfect vision for that, but I'll give it my best shot. Two things. One is what's been important in the past is important today. And that is really ensuring that you have a workforce and people that believe in the organization that they're working in. They feel good about the organization that they're working in. They feel appreciated in the organization. However, what's different, you know, let's say today versus 10 years ago, and what I think will be more different 10 years from now is pace is much faster. Mm-hmm. Information is much more readily available from multiple places. And the demand for talent continues to become greater and greater. So with that, I think the future of work really entails blending digitalization, technology awareness with insights and compassion in the workplace. You're seeing a lot of research being done and the importance of understanding people's needs, understanding what leaders can benefit from to help grow you know, a workforce that's motivated, inspired, and stay at that workplace. So think blending the technology and insights, you know, technology from artificial intelligence, from data points that you now have to insights from people and their experiences and really blending those are going to be important aspects for the future work. Just going one on technology you're finding is not the answer. Artificial intelligence is helpful, but does need some guidance, if you will, from the human factor as to what that means. And then trying to go without insights and leveraging technology is a real challenge. I even just take a look at Southwest Airlines, which used to be a great operator. Their lack of investment in technology has obviously hurt their on-time reliance and ability to operate. And so you got to update technology and you got to update the skills of your people. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That brings us to the last question is, what prompted you and Dave, because we have two co-founders, to start FutureSolve and what was the reason behind it and what is the mission of FutureSolve and what it provides to the market? Yeah, I mean, I think Dave and I have always been pretty successful in the corporate world. Dave's probably more entrepreneurial than I am, but my exposure to the entrepreneurial world in the restaurant business when I was at Cisco Foods really captured my attention and appreciation for how those smaller businesses with very little infrastructure, you know, very little technology and huge time demands could create a business, grow a business and sustain a business. And I always felt that they were, I guess, underrepresented and underserved. You know, they couldn't quite afford the Deloitte's of the world, let alone McKinsey's and Bain and, you know, BCG consulting firms to kind of come in and help them like, you know, the S&P 500 can. And so as I left that space and was looking for what to do next after leaving the corporate world, that was really attractive to me to kind of get into that space and find a way where we could leverage technology, obviously bringing on people like you and having our other co-founder, Mon, to kind of bring those insights that Dave and I don't have, blended with Dave and my insights around the importance of leadership 
and building team alignment and organizational design that really kind of leverages the people in the workplace and gets people closely connected to customers to drive revenue. And so, you know, I think that passion for watching these mid-cap companies succeed is what keeps us going and really feel good about what we're doing when we see the wins that we're able to create. Obviously, we're a very cost-effective way to provide both really good technology, state-of-the-art technology solutions, including artificial intelligence opportunities, as well as world-class advisors you know, that can come into an organization, quickly assess and work with the leadership team to help build their capability, as well as helps kind of provide insights and solutions as to where they need to go. So really excited about what we're doing at Future Solve, and it's come to fruition about, you know, our mission to kind of really help those mid-cap, smaller companies find a way to grow and build their business while they're building their people concurrently. Yeah, absolutely. And we see a lot of those companies really creating amazing milestones and they're in the news and they're creating great products. And it's sometimes shocking to know that they're doing it with so little HR resources and HR technologies. So they definitely, you know, need it, but they're also focused on growth, growth, growth. And then once they hit a certain level, they want to now have some infrastructure. And so I definitely see the need there of helping them create that infrastructure and that ability to actually scale to the next level of becoming an enterprise moving forward. But yeah, so thank you for sharing that. For all of our listeners today, if you want to learn more about FutureSolve and Ken, feel free to visit our website, www.futuresolve.com. If you go under Teams, FutureSolve team, you can see Ken's bio. But Ken, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. We really loved what you shared. And for all the listeners, if you want to send any questions or concerns, anything that we can share with Ken, please do so. We're always here and always available. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Andy. Enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us today on the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to make better people decisions in their business. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high-performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Thanks, and see you soon.